Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of 2 Corinthians. We're looking at chapter 11 today. A very interesting chapter. And I bet you I'm not going to do it justice. I'm going to tell you right now. But it's Paul talking about, you know, false apostles. And he's talking about how he suffered himself as an apostle. Apostle. He's trying to almost defend his apostleship. Because remember, this Corinthian church, very immature, had a bunch of people who were second-guessing Paul, second-guessing the gospel ministry. You know, Paul's not saying, you know, I care so much about whether or not, what do you you think of me? But he's saying to them, look, you got to understand, I am telling you the truth. You got to understand this gospel message is the truth. You got to understand that you can't water this gospel message down or change it. It is what it is. And he goes, Basically, I'm not taking any offense if you're thinking I'm crazy or I'm a bad person or I'm not a very good person. You know, you think what you want of me, but it's about the gospel. You got, I'm def- if I'm going to defend anything, I'm going to defend the gospel. And if I have to sort of, I can't brag about myself, but if I have to say anything about myself, it's with relationship to the gospel. It's Christ in me. It's all about Christ. It's not about myself at all. So that's kind of where Paul's coming from. And anything else that's not of Christ, he's calling it foolishness or mindlessness. In other words, if it's not Christ-centered. Man, what a message for us today, huh? Do we go do our daily things? Self-centered, centering on ourself, it's not Christ-centered. Paul's saying, look, anything that's not Christ-centered is basically foolishness anyway. He puts us in our place right off the bat. McGee says this gospel message needs to be preached and lived with sanctified common sense. In other words, Paul's given sanctified common sense. He's saying, look, you've got to live this gospel message out. It's all got to be Christ. Now, you can't just sit in a corner and do nothing except, you know, say, okay, Christ is going to give me everything I need. I don't have to have a job. I don't have to work. I don't have to, you know, do anything, talk to anybody. 
No, you got to live in the real world. So there is common sense. Paul's trying to bridge the gap. It's a simple message. Keep it simple. And if you have to if you have to look look at people or try to figure out what how you're going to live, how you're going to be accomplished, Paul gives his own example of his own life, not to boast in himself, but to just to show them. And it really puts us in our place. As McGee said, it's like you think you're trying to serve God and then you see how Paul served God about how he suffered as an apostle. Then he puts it all in perspective. Let's jump in. We can't approach how much Paul did. Paul says, I can't even approach what Christ, who Christ is. It's not about me at all. It gives us some perspective of how separate from God we truly, truly are without Christ. Chapter 11, I wish you would bear with me in a little foolishness. Do you bear with me? For I feel a divine jealousy for you. I do bear with me, for I feel a divine jealousy for you. I, since I betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. In other words, he's saying, look, I feel like a daddy taking care of a daughter before the wedding, presenting you to the husband. Just like I'm trying to take care of you now to present you to Christ. As someone without sin or sinless or somebody following what Christ would want you to do. You want to be pure in Christ. You want to live like that. Paul's saying, look, I'm using sanctified common sense. This is what I'm trying to do. This is how this is why I'm trying to counsel you and correct you, rebuke you if needed, you immature second Corinthian church. You know, he's saying, I'm trying to help you understand the right way to be. Verse three, but I'm afraid as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. How easy is it? To be led astray in our thoughts, huh? It's got to be sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's where our thoughts have to be. What are you thinking about today? If someone does, if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one that was proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. What's a different gospel? It's what you want to hear sometimes, isn't it? A different Christ might be a buddy-buddy person who doesn't really care, you know? Just a friend. Oh, he's a friend. No, it's somebody you have to be completely devoted to. Christ wants all of you, nothing. He doesn't want part of you. He died for all of you, all of your sin. There doesn't need to be any sin left. Indeed, I consider that I'm not, this this is verse 5, 
in the least inferior to these super apostles. You know, these are people preaching something else. And might be a little sarcasm here. Super duper people. Paul's saying, look, I'm not the least inferior to these people. He goes, he, Paul's saying, I know the gospel better than these guys. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I'm not so knowledgeable. I'm not so in knowledge. Even if I am unskilled in speaking, I am not so in knowledge. In other words, he goes, you may think I'm not a great public speaker, but I know more than they do. I'm not so unskilled in knowledge. But he's saying it in a very humble way, isn't he? Indeed, in every way we've made this plain to you in all things. I am not unskilled in my knowledge. Verse 7, Or did I commit a, a sin in humbling myself so that you might be exalted because I preach God's gift to you free of charge? I think the public speakers, according to my study Bible, would go and charge for people to hear them. Paul did not charge. Paul gave the message away for free. Because he didn't do it, he, he was self-sufficient. He didn't ask for people for money. He was a tent maker. So he's a manual laborer. So when he comes to speak, you know, he doesn't look like some of these professional speakers charging money. He doesn't look like that at all. He's doing manual labor. So, you know, a bunch of speakers look a lot better than Paul does. <clears throat> Verse 9, And when I was with you and was in need, I did not burden anyone, for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need. In other words, he said, I didn't ask for you guys for any money. I didn't want to, I didn't want to burden you. So I refrained, and I will refrain, from burdening you in any way. As the truth of Christ is in me, this boasting of mine will not be silenced in the regions of Achaia. And why? Because I, don't, I do not love you? God knows I do. He's saying, look, I'm doing all this. It's not because I don't love you. He goes, I'm, he goes that's rhetorical. Obviously, I love you. And what I am doing, I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission, they work on the same terms as we do. Paul's saying, look, no, no, no. Other people are out there charging money for their message. I'm not. For such men are false prophets, deceitful workmen, disgusting themselves as apostles, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. McGee says, Satan can be the most beautiful angel, the most attractive message. Verse five, 15, So it's no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, and their end will correspond to their deeds. Everybody wants to put on a good marketing campaign, right? To have good platitudes. But is it about Christ? 
Even Satan puts on a disguise. Verse 16, I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. Now, Paul's saying, look, only a fool is going to boast in himself. And Paul's saying, I'm going to give you an example of myself, but I'm prefacing it so that you don't think I'm acting foolish. I'm going to give you my example. You want to know what I'm all about? I'm going to tell you. But it's not to boast. So don't think I'm a fool. What I'm saying with this boastful confidence, I I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. In other words, he says, look, I know it's foolish to to say anything about yourself. So I'm going to go ahead and call myself a fool for trying to do it, but I'm doing it for your understanding. Since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. So bear it. For if you bear it, For you bear it if someone makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. People are out there out of the will of God, acting like a fool. And they can treat you so many different ways. They can put you to shame. They can strike you in the face. They can take advantage of you. And you have to bear it. You have to bear fools. You have to be around fools. You can be surrounded by fools. People not in the will of God. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of I'm speaking as a fool I also dare to boast of that so Paul's saying look again he's he is really prefacing this he's saying look I am going to talk about myself and I'll call myself sort of this fool for doing it but I'm doing this so that you can understand who I am to defend myself as an apostle. All right. Are they Hebrews? People that try to put themselves above you, or people that are maybe some of these super apostles that you're looking up to? Who are we looking up to? You know? These are the same people who are taking advantage of you, who are putting you to shame. Who are you looking up to? Are they Hebrews? Paul says, well, so am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. And I'm talking like a madman. He goes, I'm crazy to say this. With far greater labors and far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, often near death. Who are you looking up to? Paul says, look at what I did. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. 
Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day, I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil, in hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And I'm not weak. Who is made to fall? And I'm not indignant. So, I mean, who are you looking up to as to working hard? Who is out of energy from working so hard? Who has been made humble and low? I've been there. Verse 30, If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and the Father of the Lord Jesus, He who is blessed forever knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Artis was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. Paul becomes weak for Christ. The only thing Paul can boast about it's how weak he was, how low he was, how low he was brought down by other people, <clears throat> how much he had to suffer. He goes, you want to look at what an apostle really is? This is what an apostle really is. Has anybody else done this? Do you know anybody else that did this? He goes, look at my life. He goes, I'm not boasting. I'm boasting in Christ. And I'm not, not boasting in any way in my own accomplishments. I'm boasting in my, my complete frailty and weakness for Christ. That's where we're stopping here. Um, it says itself, as McGee said, the, the, this writing here <clears throat> speaks for itself. And I think we have to get our head around how much we need Christ in everything. How much we have to be devoted to Him. So, we'll turn the rest of the podcast over to our co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to your take on this powerful lesson today. And as always, from me to all, you, to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time tomorrow. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma and sweet Jean. Hello.
So today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 1 all the way through to verse 33. In this chapter, Paul is very personal. And Paul is vindicating his ministry. In chapter 11, we see the vindication of Paul's apostleship. In chapter 10, we saw the authentication of Paul's apostleship. And in chapter 12, we'll see the revelation of it. And in chapter 13, the execution of Paul's apostleship. That's from verses 1 to verse 10 of chapter 13. And then the conclusion of that chapter, um, it looks at, um, yeah, um, and then the conclusion of Paul's apostleship, rather, in um, chapter 13, that's the last part of it, uh, from verse 11. Okay, so verse 1 of chapter 11 of Second Corinthians reads, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed, you bear with me. And then verse 16, let me just drop there and it reads, And I say again, let no one think me a fool. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool, that I may also Sorry, that I also may boast a little. So Paul will say this a lot. Uh, what he said in verse 16. So he speaks of boasting as foolish. In verse 19, he also says this. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. So he is actually using you know, very high level sarcasm on a high plane. So Paul has made it clear in this section that the enemy was busy in Corinth, the minority, um, that actually stirred up trouble, who were actually trying to destroy his ministry. So he was trying to explain to them why he didn't spend more time with them. So he said he is an evangelist, that's a missionary, and he doesn't want to build on another man's foundation. So Peter, Apollos, um, you know, they had been there and ministered to them in Corinth, and he's moving on out, um, out of the sphere, in a different, um, in a, to different places that haven't been ministered to before. So this was his service, and ministry. This was his calling. So he was an um, accredited apostle. So he went to say, he went on to say that he's jealous over them with godly jealousy. So Paul was willing to make himself a fool for them because he said he would much rather speak of Christ that then actually sorry, defend himself but with his with this actually little opposing group it had 
become necessary to defend himself. And so he's speaking foolishly on purpose in it. So he's speaking mindlessly. So this here is discrediting the man of God. Um, sorry, this here, that's the discrediting of the man of God, that's Paul, um, is the method of Satan today. So in the beginning, you know, the early church, the devil persecuted the church, but he wasn't hurting it. Um, it just kept growing. And then he decided to attack the word of God, and that wasn't working either. So Paul is saying that he would rather preach Christ than defend himself, but he is doing this because he's jealous of them in Christ. They want them to lose their way. Okay. In verse 2, it goes on to read, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Verse 3, But I fear least someone as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. So the gospel is very simple. There's a lot of simplicity. Let's not try and complicate it and, you know, in the end, confuse ourselves and not know what we're talking about. Verse 4 goes on to read, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit, which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. So, um, Jesus Christ is the one who is God of, who is God and man. So he came here on earth. He manifested as man here on earth. So the very he is very God of very God and very man of very man, and that's the oldest creed that has this. And today, though Jesus Christ that's being presented in these liberal churches is very different from the one that's in scripture. So um, Paul is saying, don't accept it if they present a different Christ. Verse 5 goes on to read, For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostle. So Paul went to the end of the line and put himself as the least of the apostles. But he was actually a great apostle. He had a very high IQ compared to a lot of people today. So Paul wants the Corinthians to know that he's just as much an apostle as any of the others. Verse 6 goes on to read, Even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. So Paul had a very high IQ among the apostles and men. So he was actually very qualified 
verse 7 goes on to read, Did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted? Because I preached the gospel of God to you free of charge. So Paul would not let the Corinthians give anything to him. And as a result, he had to work hard making tents. And and because he had actually coins on his hands, it didn't mean he was not an outstanding apostle. Verse 8, I robbed other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. So, actually this, he did in Macedonia, he, Macedonians, they gave joyously. And he used that offering for the ministerial work here in Corinth. Verse 9 goes on to read, And when I was present with you and in need, I was a burden to no one. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied. And in everything I kept myself from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself. So he says he won't actually let them, the Corinthians, give him anything. Verse nine, 10 goes on to read, As the truth of Christ is in me, no one shall stop me from his boasting in the regions of Achaia. So Paul says his boasting and his doing so because it's the truth. He's jealous of them and fearful of them. Verse 11 goes on to read. Why? Because I do not love you, God knows. Verse 12, but what I do, I will also continue to do. Um, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. So, they, they were actually beginning to say that Apollos was such a, you know, polished speaker when he goes to Corinth and didn't engage in tent making. That's what they're saying, because they were looking at appearances. Verse 13 reads, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. So, evidently, they were actually false apostles in Paul's time. They were deceitful workers and were attempting to make themselves workers of Christ. So, Paul is actually warning them to look out for such kind of apostles. Verse 14 goes on to read, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So, Satan does not actually have cotton feet or horns. That's an inaccurate picture because that picture it comes from the Greek god Pan from Greek mythology and the great god Pan is half 
animal and they worshipped him as Diasis. Satan is an angel of light and he was the most beautiful angel. Um, he was actually the most beautiful angel. And not, do you know how he's portrayed? Verse 15 goes on to read, Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So Paul, he draws from this in, in um, verse 14 that I just read. Satan has ministers. His ministers are very attractive. And all of Satan's ministers, they glorify themselves. That's how you can actually tell. Verse 16. Read. I say again, let no one think me a fool. If otherwise, at least receive me as a fool. They may also boast a little. Verse 17. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. So this is um, boasting. This is mindlessness uh, that Paul says here. And here, verse 18, he's now being sarcastic. And it reads, Seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I will also boast. Verse 19, For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are wise. So here, it's just sarcasm that Paul's putting out. Verse 20, he goes on to read, For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage if one devours you if one takes from you if one exalts himself if one strikes you on the face so paul says you will certainly indulge me with this verse 21 and 22 reads for our shame i say that we were too weak for um, that. But in whatever anyone is, whatever anyone is bold, I speak foolishly. I am bold also. Verse 22. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. And are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. So they would actually not um, beat anyone to death. Sorry, Paul actually here is backing up his genealogy. Yeah, he's saying he's Hebrew and he's Israelite and he's of the seed of Abraham. Verse 23 goes on to read, um, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labor more abundant in stripes above measure in prison more frequently in death often um verse 24 for the jews five times i receive 40 stripes minus one 
here. So they would actually beat anyone. They wouldn't beat anyone to death in order for them to keep this from actually happening. They would give one 13 stripes on one side, 13 on the other side, 13 stripes on the back. And Paul went through all this. Verse 25 goes on to read, Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day. I have been in the deep. So this was actually the Roman method of actually doing it, the brutality of it. Verse 26 and 27 read, In journeys, often in peril, of waters in perils of robbers in perils of my own countrymen in perils of the gentiles in perils uh, in the city in perils in the wilderness um, in perils in the sea in perils among false brethren verse 27 reads in weariness and toil in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, in fasting, often in cold and nakedness. So Paul had actually been through a lot and a lot of us today. Um, we live in an affluent society in luxury and we um, know nothing of this suffering. For Jesus Christ's sake. You know, we have preachers saying, I have been through a lot. I have suffered so much. Not that, you know, we're trying to compare the one who suffered the most. But Paul, he actually did go through quite a lot. Verse 28 goes on to read, Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep, concern for all the churches so this is actually actually this is real this is actually a burden to actually um have a church you know where the, all the church members are actually looking to you and yeah so this becomes a burden verse 21 goes on to read 29 sorry who is weak and i am not um, who is made to stumble, stumble rather, and I do not burn with indignation. Um, so, who is, um, if I must boast, I will boast in the things which concern my infirmity. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed, Forever knows that I am not lying. So, this is Paul's report as a minister of Jesus Christ. Verse 32 goes on to read In Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king, was um, so, yeah, in Damascus. The governor under Aretas, the king, was guarding the city of Damascus with a garrison, desiring to arrest me. 
for 33, but I was left, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped from his hands. So this must have been, you know, embarrassing for Paul to, um, you know, to be let down from a window, um, in a basket because he was um, trying to further the gospel and run away from that persecution that was impending for him. So Paul, he did this for Jesus Christ. So can you do this or something similar for Jesus Christ today? That's what we should ask ourselves. What are we willing to go through to suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ? So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant day. Goodbye. Thank you.